0: Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to episode two of the second season of the Roman's Empire podcast. And before we get started today, Sam, I just want to mention we have hit a new – the bar has been set higher for our podcast. Let's just put it that way.
1: Mm -hmm. Much higher than I ever thought we'd
0: get. (laughs) Nuts. It was just crazy. So like last year we started this podcast up and we were thinking somewhere in the 500 – streams per week mark would be like a decent
1: turnout right that'd be awesome yeah well guess what last week was i don't have to guess i know why why, why don't you tell our beautiful listeners so we have i think what was our what was our most last season i think it was 758 i believe okay yeah around 750 we broke a thousand this past episode 1138 streams as of right now um that is so awesome zach uh we did a good job um i thought i thought thought it was okay and i'm 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 really happy i mean just like i i I hope because i think one of our favorite things about doing this is like uh, interacting with people who listen because we're all the way in los angeles and there aren't a lot of people who we can talk to around us logically. Yeah. Yeah. About, about, you know, soccer in general, but you know, Chelsea as well. But, um, you know, when we interact with all the fans, like these are people that we love having, these are like the conversations we love having. This is why we we started a podcast, you know, because we love to talk about Chelsea. So this has been awesome. Um, thanks again for everyone who, uh, you know, if, uh, if if, if we had over a thousand streams, then, that means we had a lot of new listeners, first time listeners. So, thank you to yeah. all those people who are first time listeners. Um season 2 is going to be even better than season 1. You're going to love it. Um but, you know, after that, you know that that's uh let I think we should just get into the you know out of all the emotional stuff and into the, you know, the nitty gritty and get into the games, the, meat. the matches, the, the meat of the podcast, the meat of the pod. Um, so, I mean, basically, just a quick
0: synopsis today. We're actually not covering the uh, the Arsenal match um, that happened on last Wednesday, I believe, um, because a lot of the talking points we are going to talk, we were going to talk about, are um, are going to pop up somewhere in our uh, Man City conversation when we talk about the Community Shield and also the Lyon game. So,
1: and also, um, I don't want to relive it. Um, I don't want to have to talk about it again. Such a disappointing loss. Um, just. Yeah. Ninety third minute goal into losing penalties.
0: Peter It's Cech. weird.
1: It's weird seeing an Arsenal team fight till the end, though. Like yeah. I like I will say that. Yeah, I mean, you know, credit to them. We didn't have we didn't have Eden Hazard. Our team is nothing without him. So let's get into this um this community shield uh friendly match, right? It's it's just a friendly match. That's what that's what I call it. I mean if 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 we don't win, it's just, it's, it's a friendly match. Um yeah. but but before we get into the lineup, I just want to ask you a quick question: um, mm. Do you care about the community shield? Because I, I don't think a lot of people care. I don't think many people care at all. I don't. I don't. I don't care
0: about the silverware portion of it. And like, I, I know that might sound hypocritical because I always talk about any silverware is good silverware. But um, no, I, I'm I'm not too big on like the actual trophy celebration aspect. But I am. Um, I do watch every year just to see the on-field product, to see how far along the team is. And usually watching the community shield is where I kind of gauge, um, and, and predict like what type of season we will have or what to expect. So, um, there were a lot of warning signs and I'm not going to lie, but it's nothing that it's nothing that's going to be, it's nothing that's irreparable, irreparable, if that's even a word or, uh. It's nothing that sorry can't work on. You know, everything that that did go wrong just seemed to be a combination of people not being familiar with the system or people not being fit or available.
1: All right. Well, let's get into the specifics of what you're talking about. But first, uh, let me go through the lineup real quick, give everyone a refresher. Um, Caballero started in goal. We had Alonso, David Luiz, Rudy, and Dave uh, manning the back line, uh, midfield of Jorginho, Barkley, and Cesc. Um, and, uh, front, uh, front three of, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Pedro, and Morata. This is really a first glimpse of a semi-competitive match, uh, for this team's preseason. Um, let me go over some stats, uh, during the match. We had 47% possession, only two shots on target, five total. Obviously, Man City did not field their best starting 11, but, um, you know, Man City is such a deep squad that any 11 that they that they start is is you know top top tier world class. Yeah. Um so during this match what did you see that stood out to you, Zach?
0: I I think the most noticeable thing was the two young English talents that were on the pitch. So I mean I I I'll, I'll touch over Phil Foden just a little bit. This was really my first time watching him. I knew there was a lot of hype around the kid, but dude, that guy could ball. He 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 could play. And uh I think we saw it with like his little little bits of creativity and his and his quick passing. I think he had both assists if I'm not mistaken too. So, um Phil Foden's definitely one to look out for, you know, he's the real deal, but Callum Hudson-Odoi as well. Um there was a there was a large portion of that second half, uh the first half. This actually was towards the end of the first half where he just started to take over a little bit and you know, he started taking players one-on-one, getting himself into good positions. Um I think the main thing with Callum Hudson-Odoi though is that finishing product. Um, but I also feel that you can't really criticize a 17 year old for not being the greatest finisher in the world or, or, or having the best final touch. Um, but you know, he, he's definitely, definitely somebody that, um, is going to be in and around the first team this season. I mean, he, he's been one of our brightest performers so far in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also noticed, you know, something with Murata, um, he just doesn't, he doesn't seem very confident, does he? Um, he he seems to struggle when um, when things go against him. And, and we saw that mental block that he had last year for the same reason. And it doesn't look like uh, he's matured out of it yet, um, even with the time off. But, I mean, it's understandable. The guy's probably hardly sleeping. He did just have twins after all. Um, so, you know, n- not really going to look too much into that. But I definitely think it's something that we could look forward to um during the season and because I do think that eventually we'll, we will have that Murata-Batuai debate at some point I just have a gut feeling
1: yeah you um, know and and uh, and some big news uh arguably big uh Murata changing his number to 29 I mean yeah. part of it uh I think there is a little bit of a curse for the number nine with Chelsea I mean uh, if you go through the list of the strikers who played for us there hasn't been too much success I mean uh was it Fernando Torres uh, Falcao you know a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of failed projects that didn't work out very well but um I think that you know obviously he, he changed it for his kids and I think that this this number change uh it's kind of it kind of made me think and I think I'm ready to give him a second chance you know obviously we've talked last season about the stuff that he went through with his friend passing away um and obviously now he's his wife just gave birth to twins um his wife or girlfriend i don't know but he's just had yeah. twins and uh his wag his wag yeah um so I, I was ready to give him a second chance but um this first match did not give me much confidence in you know that this second chance that i'm giving him i of, but i i, I do want to keep a clean slate for the season and i really think that he can you know perform well but you know it, it's 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 just it's just a matter of time that, you know, proves it or not.
0: I think, you know, something with Murata that's just kind of weird for me is that you do get these glimpses of of of, of a potential world class striker. And and I hesitate saying potential world class because uh we really haven't seen much of that yet, but you know, his movement in and around the box, and I and I said this so many times last season the way he moves in the 18 yard box when the ball's in a wide position to create that half yard of space to you know open himself up for a header or or, or, or a tap in or or even a quick snapshot, it, it's brilliant and and we don't really have anyone else on the squad that could do that. We we have Michi who's similar to him in that sense. You know he does get himself into great positions. He's a pure poacher, but um, Michi's not. Michi's movement isn't as great as as, as does, but his finishing is much better. And I think you know those two are definitely going to compete for a spot sooner or later. You know, if Murata does go through a struggle, which I am expecting, because he's not going to come in this season and score 30 plus goals and become you know uh, a top Premier League striker. And you know after after a season like he had last year, but you know if he does go through that, that dry run, I think Batshuayi would be ideal for uh, for Sari's system. You know, we do like playing possession. Um, and Batshuayi's movement is good in the six-yard box, and he is a clinical finisher, more so than Morata. Um, I, I I don't recall having a striker who was um, – I mean besides Diego Costa, but I'm trying to think before Diego Costa. I don't remember having a striker who was that instinctual in the box like Batshuayi where he could just kind of smash it into the top corner from six yards out. Um, you know, it's – it's definitely going to be something to look forward to, but so I'm really curious to see what happens with, with the striker situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think ideal situation is both of them have a great season and we just have, you know, amazing depth throughout the league and, you know, could feel comfortable putting either of them onto the field and maybe even, you know, play some, some lineups with both of them up front together. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know how necessarily that would work in sorry system whether he'd be willing to make some adjustments if both of them are playing great. But, you know, this is just a matter of time. I think this is just us, you know, just chatting back and forth, uh, mm-hmm. you know, about potential for the season. I'm just really excited. Any- I think anything could happen, honestly. I mean, I- I- you just can't rule anything out, you know, like like say- like you saying that Murata could be world-class. You can't rule that out completely, but it's still... <laughs> you know it's it's a little bit more fun to think that it's going to happen but well back to the game <laughs> away from our fantasies back to the game fabric ass. um i want to talk a little bit about fabric cuz i think i mean he he he's been we talked about him struggling um in the past with just a single you know midfielder at his side but even a three three man midfield um without an out and out ball winner ball winner like Ngolo Conte, he's still struggling um but uh hopefully you know I mean obviously we haven't we had Ngolo back today he did not play at the same time as Fabregas uh, he got subbed in later uh but you know obviously he, when he's I I think that it's just a it, it it's a necessary like you you cannot put Fabregas out there without Ngolo Conte also playing in the same match it's just not possible yeah,
0: yeah, I I agree with that, and you know I I did see him play against uh, when he started against City. I he looks even more mobile than he was last year. I don't I, and I don't know how that's possible. And I just kind of chalked it off to the whole you know it's preseason. He, he had he had a fun vacation if you followed him on Instagram, you know, like he definitely enjoyed his holiday. I think it was in Mykonos for like two weeks or something oh, like nice. that. But like
1: I've been to Mykonos, it's beautiful. Oh yeah, so Mykonos beautiful. is great.
0: Um. But yeah, you know it's. I do think Fabregas is going to play a major role for the team this year, but I think it's going to be very similar to the role that he played in our title-winning season under Conte, where he just kind of comes off the bench the last, maybe 15 or 20 minutes of a match, uh, maybe for a guy like Jorginho, just to maintain possession and, and and to uh and to fill that you know, we always go back to the whole Chavi role because Chavi was just that great at what he did, but. It is what it is, you know, Jorginho is playing that Xavi role and Sesk will be doing something similar. Um I'll be surprised if he if sorry ever deploys Sesk um ahead of the number 6 position, um if he if he puts him anywhere else but the pivot, um because then he'll be required to do a little bit more running. I think if you have if you could, you could get away with playing Sesk at the pivot and having a guy like Ross Barkley and Ngolo Kanté um, playing in front of them because you know th- they're more mobile. They could cover the ground, and Sess could just kind of hang out and pick off passes. So I think it's going to be interesting. I'm really, really curious to see what Sari does with him because he does seem like the type of manager that is creative, and and he is a type of manager that does get the best um, offensive production out of his players. So I mean, Seska's is a guy with a ton, of ton of offensive talent. So yeah, especially
1: you know, I mean, just his his level of passing ability. I mean, that's that, yeah, that yeah. just fits into Sari's. Offense. I mean, that's exactly what he needs. A player like it, him,
0: it'll fit seamlessly because Cesc isn't the type of player that that likes to only ping long balls. You know, he could play the short game as well, which is what Sarri's going for.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just depending on what kind of other players are you know supplementing him at the same time. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk about one last thing about this uh, community shield, then we can talk about some other stuff. David Luiz and Rudiger. Um, just uh, just the idea of them as a defensive partnership. Um, what do you, what do you think about that, Zach?
0: I think it makes me cringe a little bit. (laughs) Um, It's 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 just based on what we've seen, like, because uh, here's the thing. It's, you know, um, everybody, everybody that knows me knows that I'm not the biggest David Luis fan of all time. Um, I do think he's an asset to our squad. I don't think that he's one of those players that we should ship off necessarily, but I don't think he's a starting quality center back in a system Um, like sorry's where we are going to be exposed at times and you know in terms of the possession style it works but when we're exposed David Luiz is probably the most error-prone player on the pitch
1: and this was and this was just the the perfect perfect David Luiz match I mean match like he he did it was just it was just vintage for the exact reasons why you just like have a problem with him He, he pretty much just made a highlight reel in one game of everything maybe. that annoys you.
0: Maybe yeah. maybe he is rusty, right? But I guess know, and I do see what is going for, you know, because Sari does like to play with two center backs, one that's one that's more um aggressive and 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 strong, kinda like the uh kinda like the brawn of the back line. And then he does mm. like to have another center back that's a little bit more technical um, and someone that could ping passes and play possession style, and I know Rudy could play possession as well, but Rudy could also be that hard man, and he's trying to go for that one-two punch, and it's just not working out very well. Yeah, because, I think
1: they're more of the former of you know the the wild guy, the brute. I mean, to be fair to them, they were getting exposed by
0: the midfield because Sesk was just getting destroyed on the left side. Yeah, but it's you know, still no chance. but 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 still, I mean, I, just the idea of having Louise and Rudiger back there by myself, it doesn't sit well with me because. Rudiger is also error prone at times too. Um so I think you need a guy that's a little bit more assured, a guy that's always gonna play it more safe like Andreas Christensen. Or maybe even an Ethan Ampadu, um, based on the performances we've seen from him recently. I don't think it's crazy to say that, you know, he might have an outside shot. I don't think that, I don't think any anybody in our back line is safe at this moment, based on the whole preseason, if I'm gonna be completely honest. You know, it's just uh Alonzo's looked um Alonzo's looked I don't know if it's been rusty or if we're just really seeing how bad of a defender he actually is, because we know how good he is go- at going forward. Um, but also Dave on the other side, I think Dave is starting to struggle with the pace of some of the uh, some of the new era of the of wingers in the Premier League. And you know we did see it um, in almost every game he played in. You know he he is struggling with that pace. And like let's not forget last the last two years Dave has been playing as a center back. So you know he has put on a lot of weight, a lot of muscle mass. Um, to to play the center back role. So transitioning from a center back to an outside back is a lot more difficult than transitioning from an outside back to a center back in that sense. So, you know, I, I do think the whole back line is up for grabs. It seems like sorry does like Zappacosta as well. Um, I know I kind of went through the whole entire back line, but, you know, I'm just kind of, honestly, like like, this is what's on my mind when I'm watching the game. I'm not worried about going forward because I know once we get Hazard back in there, I know once we get William on his game, I know once we get Fabregas in the game and Jorginho gets acclimated, like we'll be fine. I'm not mm-hmm. worried about our attack at all.
1: Well, let's let's actually go forward a little bit and talk about the front line. Um, so I want I want to discuss before we get into this Leone match. I want to talk about our striker situation right now. Um, mm-hmm. so I'll, like the four names that I want to do- discuss right now. Murata, Mishi, Giroud, and Tammy Abraham as well. So, um, Murata recently he re- he re- he's reiterated his desire to stay at Chelsea, and uh, he wants to succeed in the new 29 shirt. Um, you know, clean slate again. I'm giving him that. Uh, but what do you think, Zach? You think he's going to finally get over the hump this season? I mean, we talked about it actually. I mean, yeah, we, we we did talk about Murata already. So just you know, mention it real quick, and then I also want you to talk. Uh, yeah, you know, and you also did talk about Mishi, but I want you to talk a little bit more about Giroud's situation.
0: Um, so right now we don't really know what's going on with Giroud. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't uh, played for us at all in the preseason so far. I did I don't I don't remember if he went in today or not. Oh no, no, he did. He played today. But mm-hmm. um, prior to that, you know, we haven't really seen him. Obviously, he's been on a vacation. So, um, a lot of rumors going out uh, about Giroud. I mean, earlier this summer it was rumored that Borussia Dortmund were looking at him after, you know, they dropped their Batshuayi interest, and then more rumors coming out that Atletico were actually interested in perching Giroud, um, which I think is weird because they're pretty fucking stacked (laughs) up top. Um, But, you know, uh, and and now most recently was was his return to France, and, you know, for a while it was Marseille, and there was a couple other other teams linked to him, but um, no real concrete offers have been made, and it's just an awkward situation because he is on the last year of his contract. So if teams were really coming in for Giroud, they would really only come in for a season long loan. And Chelsea really doesn't benefit from that. It's not, it's not like we could turn around and sell him for a profit at 32 years old, um, with an expiring contract. Um, so, you know, maybe keeping him on the squad, you know, his wages aren't too high, um, keeping him on the squad for now, um, just to be a, a basically an insurance policy, um, Tamichi and Marata, because that's what Giroud was last year. Uh, maybe him playing that same exact role this year is on the cards, who knows um but me personally i I would actually keep him um you know before the preseason started, I was all on the tammy Abraham um hype train, but um you know to be Chelsea level, um you gotta be ready. You know, we we don't really have time for players that aren't ready, and I think we're starting to see that with with Callum Hudson-Odoi and Ethan Ampadu because there are two brightest youngsters, and you can tell when they play they're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, Tammy Abraham sometimes looks ready, sometimes he doesn't. But also, I I feel like Abraham is coming into his own at a tough time. Um, the one time Chelsea doesn't have a prolific striker, um, you yeah. know, it would, we would can't... have been
1: good timing for him. Yeah, like, you
0: know, if we were in a Man City situation where we have, like, you know, two elite strikers battling for a position, then maybe we could afford to give a youngster, you know, the the, the third spot for that position. But, you know, we don't know how Murata going to do, like you said, and we don't know how Batshuayi is going to do, like you said. So, you know, maybe we it's a real possibility that we might have to rely on a
1: third striker and
0: why not rely on Drew? I mean, he's a World Cup winning striker.
1: I mean, Tim Abraham is a, you know, he I think he's a physical specimen. He's he's a big, big dude. Uh, I think super he's the, fast. He's too. The, I, think I don't he, think people talk about his speed. I think he's got all the intangibles. I'm sorry, he's got all of the tangibles actually. Um, the exact opposite of what I said. <laughs> he has a t- all the tangibles of a great striker, but um, from what I've seen, uh, he doesn't make a lot of good runs. And then from the couple times when he did make good runs. Um, He had chances to finish and he he either he had a couple headers today that he, you know, hit wide and, you know, a couple chances he could have finished with his feet that didn't didn't convert. But, you know, it, it, I think that in any other situation it would work. But I mean, Murata, Mishi and Giroud is a really good three to have. And I mean, we didn't talk a lot about Mishi. Uh, you did discuss a little bit about him. But apparently, Sarri is also really keen on working with him. So, um, that's also not a very good sign for Tammy Abraham. Um, I really don't know what we're going to do with him, and I don't know what kind of progression he's going to be making this next season. It's um, definitely going
0: to be some kind of panic loan, because... Yeah, of course. You know, a, a guy with the ceiling as high as Tammy Abraham, because, like, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, he does have potential to be a really, really good quality Premier League center forward, and the fact that we haven't really heard much um like today i think it was brighton was the one that was interested in him but they just signed your boy ali reza so mm-hmm. you know um priorities it, it, man there a lot of premier league teams have stacked up on a striker position this summer and they have stacked up on firepower um so you know his options are going to be limited but i think it is going to be you know one of those clubs that are fighting for relegation that goes in for him
1: and just one last question about the striker situation i want to move on What are the chances that Michi comes back and just has a breakthrough season and he just ends up being our best striker?
0: I was going to mention this at the end of the podcast, but that's actually my season prediction for Michi Batshuayi. I think at Uh the end of the season, he'll be our starting striker. Wow. It it does sound crazy, I know, but we Uh saw the way he played at Borussia Dortmund and their 4-3-3 was very, very similar to ours and the way we play our 4-3-3. They like to play with the inverted wingers. That like to cut inside and create, and uh, and they like to play with a, a center forward that's a poacher. I mean, just think about it: Lomandowski, Abamang, Michi Bachuai last year. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I won't be surprised to see Michi have you know at least at least a 10 plus goal season at the bare minimum. Man, that that's that's my bold prediction.
1: The journey of my relationship. Uh, my 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 feelings towards Mishi has just been amazing throughout the his 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 tenure with Chelsea. You're literally, and like you're you're literally I like flip and flop so much with him. I, it's crazy. I I, <laughs> I don't it's it's confusing, man. It, it, I'm 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 confused. Okay, I'm still figuring out a lot of stuff about myself, um, yeah. and Mishi Bachiwi. So, uh, we'll see, man. I I think if from what you're saying, it, it's very possible, and you saw what he did. Literally, the instant he uh, <laughs> stepped on the pitch at Dortmund, it was like, it was just incredible. But, you know, if he carries that over to this season, that would be um, a wonderful addition to have to fill that striker spot. All right, so let's get into this Lyon match because this is where we saw um, a lot of stuff that really is going to help us uh, look into this next season. So I'm going to go over the starting lineup again with the 4-3-3. Um, we started Buka and Goal. Emerson, Ampadu, Christensen, Zapacosta manning that back line, a midfield of Loftus Cheek, um, drink water and Bakayoko. and Bakioko. And a forward trio of Willian, Tammy Abraham, and Victor Moses. So um, Victor uh, Moses a, playing as a on winger. the wing? Yeah. That's uh Wow. Yeah, and and he didn't play he didn't play too, you know. I mean, he he seemed well, more he... natural in that in that spot. But I mean I I don't want to talk too much about Victor Moses' performance because there is so, there's so many players, you know, obviously this International Champions Cup, there's no, uh, substitution limitation. So we had an insane amount of substitutions. There's so many players who played. Um, I want to just talk about the most notable appearances. Um, the first one, um, RLC, Ruben Loftus cheek So, um, he, he, I just want to get the first bad thing out out of the way because I think he had a very good match. But he just was not very good defensively. Um, And he did kind of look like he was lethargic. uh, A little, you know, think Mesut Ozil, uh, Marcial-esque, you know, dragging their feet. Yeah, a little... um, But not quite. Um, (laughs) uh, My lips are so chapped, I can't even do that, by the way. Um, But uh, I think that when you look at what sorry ball is um, and you know, if, if you define that and you embody that into a player, he really matched that the most out of the starting 11. Um, obviously, you know, during, after the subs, it's a completely different story, but I think out of the starting 11 that I just listed drink water, I mean, <laughs> not drink water, RLC had probably one of the best uh, performances offensively. Um, but you know he, he did hit the post, didn't he? I mean, yeah, he should had have had one. He had a chance. I mean, arguably he could have laid it off to Tammy Abraham, but um, as, as I said earlier, Tammy Abraham kind of did miss a couple chances. And I think RLC. I mean, I think he made the right decision. Um, that was a he did. He did play bummer. like
0: he had a point to prove when the ball was at his feet. Mm-hmm. But I guess the problem is when he doesn't have the ball at his feet, and a lot of Chelsea fans did have tr- do have trouble with this, and and me, me as well. Um, I feel like Conte really didn't fancy him because of his work rate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know he he's not the type of player that he could rely on to track back every single time, and it's not that it's not that his work rate is extremely low or like he doesn't try defensively, but I guess it's more of his body language and just the way he carries himself out on the field. I mean he's the type of player that always looks so calm and so relaxed
1: yeah i don't get uh, I don't know if I, I like, it, like it or don't I like just it. think it rubs off on people the wrong way, yeah. It, it it rubs off on me the wrong way for sure.
0: But you know, like I mean you look back and you just think of all why. the players in the league that do that. Martial, like you named him. Um, that's probably the first one that comes to my mind. It's just kinda like this you know, this kid standing out there that's just, you know, stri- stone faced and and laser focused, mm-hmm. but
1: Yaya yeah, yeah, Tore is not was running after like the ball. Well. Yeah. Yaya
0: yeah, yeah, Toure is a yeah, perfect one example. One of the best similar position. But I don't this is the thing. I am ex- I'm so like at, at the beginning of the transfer window I wasn't worried at all about Loftus-Cheek, especially after the World Cup. I'm like, you know what? This is a lock. This guy might even be starting <laughs> our season. But now we're looking at it and thinking like is there even does Sarri even have him in his plans? I mean, it, 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 supposedly we're going after another central midfielder and you know Kovacic's name has been thrown around. So mm-hmm. by the time pe- people probably listen to this pod it'll you know um the window might be closed and we might know the outcome of that. But still, it's it, it's worrying to me because I think every other Chelsea fan sees it as well that this guy does have something to offer. And, 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 and if he does blossom into the player and fulfill even 80% of his potential, he will be one of the most dominating midfielders in the Premier League. And it's not far-fetched to say that at all. But it all does come down to him and his attitude. And I know he has put the club on the spot this summer by saying – you know, if I'm not gonna get regular playing time, I want another loan. You know, I I I need to be playing min- I need to be playing first team football, and I think he does have a solid point in saying that. But, um, you know, it's we need to see a little bit more on both sides of the ball as opposed to just what he could do on the ball, I guess. And I think and I think sorry's trying to get that out of him. Sorry does rub me as a manager that does show tough love to his players, because he never really speaks too highly of anybody. He always chooses his words very wisely. And uh, it's something that he's done with Loftus-Cheek as well, like today. He says, I think I think Loftus-Cheek has a lot to work on, but he does have a lot of potential and he does have something to offer. So, you know, he's not going out there and, and pulling the, the typical Jose Mourinho of he is the best central midfielder in the world, and then six months later he sells him. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's he does show tough love, and I do think that he does push his players, and it's a good thing because historically – Chelsea has been a club that responds well to managers that show tough love, um, at, at least for the short term. But we are a short-term club, so mm-hmm. you know th- this could work out for the better, um, and maybe it's just a, a a coaching tactic by Sarri to get the best out of him.
1: I mean, after what I saw today, I think that he would fit phenomenally um, in Sarri's system, in the three field. I mean, three-man midfield with uh, N'Golo Conte and Jorginho alongside him. Uh, I think that's an awesome three man midfield and I wouldn't you know it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me at all if at the end of the season we look back and we say that's our best three man midfield that we can, that we could field today um you know because just what what he lacks I think that um I think Ingolo Conte and Jorginho make up for it more than enough and the three of them uh, as a midfield the passing is going to be w- would be wonderful um, when you
0: really when you really watch Jorginho, I mean, I know this is kind of off topic, but when you really focus on him when he's off the ball, um when the other team is in possession, he's a lot more mobile than I anticipated.
1: Yeah. Like like he, he could actually
0: lot. he could actually get around the pitch and he throws in chat tackles too. He has a bit of an engine on him. So it's 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 a good thing to see, you know. Finally, Ngolo Conte has someone mobile. I know Matic was solid defensively, but in mm-hmm. terms of mobility, I mean, well, he wasn't the he wasn't the quickest, no. but now we got a guy like Jorginho that could actually cover ground and and he could read the game too. So it's it's so exciting. I mean, this is the first time in a really long time, Sam, where I could just look at the team from all the way from our goalkeeper to to our strikers and say, well, besides Hazard, C- Conte and uh, and um, Jorginho, I I really don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. I think every other position is up for grabs, including that right-back position. I know some of you are thinking, oh, wait, Dave. Yeah, I would start Dave 100%. I'm the biggest Dave fan of all time. But I think in Sari's eyes, that position is still up for grabs because he has shown, and I'm going off topic, he has shown that he does trust Zappacosta a bit, doesn't he? I mean, most Chelsea Mm -hmm. fans just kind of sat there and assumed that you know he would give Victor Moses – um the the backup role for for a right back but he played Zapacosa out wide today as as a right back in a four-man back line and he
1: didn't look half bad I, hey you know the the left back spot i i think that's up for grabs too because i, I oh, mean yeah. after today you know for for at one point during the match emerson was our best attacking threat and our best defender um for for you know about 10-15 minutes of the his his overlapping runs uh from the back is, you know, something that this this team had been missing. Marcos Alonso wouldn't really do that as much. Um I think that Marcos Alonso still is, you know, an amazing left back, but I think the spot is his to lose. Shout out to Emerson, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, I'm not going to But um yeah, we'll see what happens. Next player I want to talk about um Ethan Ampadu. I want to say something quickly about him because um it seems like every time he's played for the senior squad, he's been one of the best players on the pitch. And, you know, of course those matches included, you know, an international friendly and some cup matches against uh championship clubs, but I'm still really impressed by what I'm seeing. I mean, this guy's an absolute savage. Like it's a shame <laughs> how quick, how he was taken out, you know, due to an injury though. You know, although I even, I think that he was coming off soon anyway, since they did a five player swap when he got subbed out. But I think maybe it's a sign that, you know, he's a little bit reckless. Um, but he I think that can also be a good thing uh if if he gets able to hone in that recklessness for um you know just ballsiness <laughs> you know that that's something that you definitely need for a, a strong strong defender and he can play defensive mid I think too honestly
0: Yeah yeah he did well when he was playing in central midfield I actually thought he looked better at central midfield last season than he did as a center back but
1: I like him yeah. as a center back too though
0: as, as a center back he's amazing I think I think it's clear that you know, uh, you look at his age, he's still only 17, right? And mm-hmm. this guy has already played under two different managers and impressed both of them. And that's something that's very difficult to do, especially at his age. Um, and, and You it's know, it was a
1: hard thing to Ampa do. It is, is a very difficult thing
0: to Ampa do. <laughs> it's difficult, yeah, to Ampa do that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like. It, it's. I was trying to think of a pun, and it just completely fell off. You know. Yeah, I feel, leave, I feel leave like the puns Marata, to me. I feel like Maratha. in oh, front of gold. Oh, come on, man. There we go. Leave, a, leave the puns it, to
1: me, but you did save yourself. That was I think a good
0: I, Yeah, I saved myself with the <laughs> metaphor. But, um, you know, it's to impress two different managers at the senior level for a club like Chelsea, um, a.k.a. one of the big boys. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Yeah, big boys. And it, it is – it's really, really exciting to see what type of player he'll become. Because if you ask me at this point in time, I don't think it's crazy to say that him and Andreas Christensen could probably have one of the best center-back partnerships in, I don't know, maybe the last 10 years or so, um, mm-hmm. just based on their potential. Um, but, but you know, only time will tell, I guess.
1: So uh, a couple debuts of different kinds. So Jorginho today was his uh, bridge debut. Um so first time at Stamford Bridge wearing his, the blue uh he had a couple amazing passes uh including one in particular that led to a one-on-one chance for Angolo Conte and uh the Leon keeper who was able to make a, a very nice save but Wait
0: what? Angolo
1: Conte in advanced position? Advanced position? <laughs> Zach, we're going to see a lot of that this season. I'm uh, excited. It's, it's going to be something, I mean just only because we brought in Jorginho, it's going to allow N'Golo Conte to make those kind of runs. And I think I think Jorginho's gonna definitely going
0: to be the one to take Conte to a whole new level, if that's even possible.
1: No, it it I mean you even saw it firsthand uh, in this match. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a great duo. It's going to be. It's, I think it was a match made in heaven. i just I can't get over it. Um, let's, let and also the other debuts that we want to talk about the season debuts for. Um, Eden Hazard and N'Golo Conte today, um, returning from a uh, holiday after the World Cup. Conte celebrating that. Uh, Thank God know,
0: Hazard returned. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I thought he wasn't for a while. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this. Yeah, the, this obviously N'Golo Conte. I mean, there there was a little bit of fear that he would go. There was some talks to PSG, but nothing loyal. that I really feared. But um, I was I was terrified that we were going to lose Eden Hazard, and it was really nice to see him back um on the pitch in in a you know Chelsea blue kit uh it was really nice to see you know that midfield as well i kind of i I'd want to talk really quickly about this about the substitutions that Sari made because it's really it's really interesting the way he, he went about with this so in the 59th minute did a clean clean three man swap in the midfield um putting in ngolo Conte, Ross Barkley, and Jorginho so that's uh obviously the two together that I love Angola Conte and Jorginho and Ross Barkley as a third. Um, you know, we'll talk about that later about you know the potential best eleven or the starting day eleven, but you know, that that three right there deserves a good shout. But um and then in the sixty-eighth minute, we see the forwards replaced. Eden Hazard, Giroud, and uh Piazon actually comes in uh, back from loan from Fulham. Uh and uh in the seventy fourth minute, we replaced the whole back line and our keeper, um, putting in Dave, uh, Rudy G- Cahill and Marcos Alonso, and um, the man, the myth, the legend, Rob Green, our savior. Um, Rob Green. Rob Green was. That was crazy. I mean, you could
0: tell just by his name that he's just such a sophisticated man.
1: I, is it? Is it possible? I think. I think it is possible that after this match. Uh, Chelsea ends up officially changing their color to green, and they become the Greens. That would be a that would be an interesting come on, proposal. you Greens. Come on, you Greens. Are you it down? Doesn't, it doesn't doesn't
0: have a very nice ring to it. Yeah, at no. At come on, lot. you Blues this way. Better. I I, I'd I actually agree.
1: Yeah, but still, shout out to Rob Green. What a, what a save! What a lad. Um. I, I don't I don't know why we insist on paying a record fee for Keppa, but you know our courtois replacement was sitting in front of us the whole time we didn't even realize it Rob Green man let's go wow sal you're on a, you're on fire today yeah. man uh um i mean let's uh I, i'm I'm trying to just recollect my thoughts about this match and just talk- because there's so many players that played um just take a break from being so funny you know? <laughs> okay that's, that's gonna be tough but okay I actually one player I just want to say uh Bakayoko, he was a no-show in the first half did very little in the second half um just quick mention he might be off on loan we'll talk about that later Danny Drinkwater um he played as well um uh, did not do much we <laughs> talked about him in the last episode like he was it was a foregone conclusion that he was gone do you think we were too quick to write him off or do you think he has a spot on the team?
0: I think he has a spot if uh, if we don't land another central midfielder before the window closes. But in general, I mean, I I, I do think that this match was just an audition for West Ham or, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a team of Whoever's that caliber. to take their, him on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I think it was defi- definitely, you know, just a cameo for him to say, hey, this is what this guy has to offer. But – But that being said, like I know we talk a lot of, like like we crack a lot of jokes about, you know, drink water and and the Zapacosis of the team. But drink water is not a bad player by any stretch. And 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 I'm just gonna say it flat out, you know, he's not a bad footballer by any stretch of the imagination whatsoever. You know, he's won the Premier League. He's experienced. He's he's a very useful passer. He covers ground. um, But you know, people always. Forget his abilities and remember the price tag. And yeah, you, unfortunately, you, you are
1: judged completely on your transfer fee for sure. Exactly,
0: and 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 that's just how football is nowadays. So I think people give him a bad rap for forty million. But let's say we went out last year and we spent forty million on Ross Barkley and only fifteen million on Danny Drinkwater. Does that deal make sense now? Even though we spent the same amount of money.
1: I mean, if I if I had been in a coma at the beginning of the season and I just woke up today and you told me both of those options, I would say that the the forty million for Barkley and fifteen for Drinkwater was more likely to have to have happened. Yeah. But the uh, obviously the reality yeah. was uh not not necessarily the most logically one. But...
0: And, and and don't forget drinkwater also does have the homegrown quota. Um I know we did sign Rob Green to 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 help us fulfill that also. Right. So we're just anticipating another English player going back out. But who knows? That might be Tammy Abraham going back out on loan. Um, it, it could be. It could be. You know, Victor Moses possibly not having a spot in the squad anymore because he does. He, you know, he he was raised in uh in the UK. Um, it could be Gary Cahill. It could be Drinkwater. It could be anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's you know it, it all harks back to that. I'm not I'm not saying Loftus cheek because I don't want to admit that it's a possibility, but it kind of is. Um so you know it, like I said it's really interesting because we really don't know who's going to stay and who's not. There is so much talent in the squad and so many options for different positions that none of them are are, are a real lock besides the obvious ones. Um so yeah I mean it, it, it's going to be exciting but yeah, uh shout out to Rob Green for saving the penalty
1: it's wow pretty dope. Yeah that was awesome and then obviously Eden Hazard stepping up for that clutch calm collective uh final penalty that was great um so i think that's it i actually have one final note when is when is leon gonna sell memphis Depay? i don't know what they're waiting for i mean he went on a tear to end last season and then he's he's just he's a phenomenal player um also shout out to zapocosta he he played him really well when he was tasked with manningham so um shout out to him as well but memphis Depay is going to become the I think he'll be the next big transfer. I mean, Leon.
0: Lyon has always been one of those clubs that's that's so good at producing young talent and finding young talent. Like Lucas Tusart today was great. He looks like an awesome, awesome footballer. Mm-hmm. Um, you got guys like Awar, um, who are young, creative players, and then they even have Bertrand Traoré. And and, and we, I know we weren't recording around the time we sold Bertrand Traoré, but. Mm-hmm. Like He was definitely one of those players that – he was one of those youth talents that 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 definitely felt like a stab in the back when Chelsea sold him off, um, yeah, especially I also, I because feel, he had
1: a good season for us before yeah. we sold him. I feel like Memphis, it's possible that he's like – I'm not necessarily saying he's going to be Kevin De Bruyne, but he could be Man United's Kevin De Bruyne for however, how he is, is he, for us.
0: Is he really that – is he really that good? I, or I'm not or,
1: gonna I'm not gonna put him on the same level. Okay, i us say Lukaku. Is that fair? What do you mean it's in just terms as far of as... in terms of like getting rid of that type of talent? Yeah, at a young age. Um, yeah, and then him coming back and actually being an amazing player.
0: The funny thing is they bought a Dutch manager to bring in this Dutch talent. Yeah, to harness him and to turn him into the next big thing, and he just kind of
1: just didn't work out.
0: No, it didn't work out.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean,
0: let, let's let's dive into the transfers because I I do want to wrap this let's part up really quick. So apparently, reports from multiple publications uh, suggested that Chelsea have agreed to deal to sign goalkeeper Kepa Ariza Balaga um, from Athletic Bilbao. So this is a massive deal worth 71.6 million pounds, which is a world record. Um, yes, it is worth more than Allison. Um so you know It's a club record as well. It is a club record as well, and and for a goalkeeper it's just fucking crazy to me. The fact that two or three years ago, if you ever told me that we were gonna sell Courtois and throw another thirty million on top of his transfer fee, because it is rumored to be in the forty million range, mm-hmm. um, that we would go after a twenty three year old goalkeeper for seventy one point six million pounds. It's just every time I say it it just sounds crazier and crazier. So I mean obviously sorry was asked about him today post match. Um and Sari said, quote, I saw him one year ago when I was at Naples, and my first impression was that he was a very good goalkeeper. Very young, but very, very good.
1: Um Yeah,
0: great <laughs> Wow, he, great he, analysis. <laughs> I told you he, he's not he's not very complimentary. We it, should it's... invite
1: him onto the pod. That's like our level of analysis too. He's yeah, very but... good. Very very but, but,
0: good. <laughs> he's very good, but but we do have to we do have to smoke some cigarettes with him. Yeah, will, yeah we'll, if He ever we'll does come on the pod? We just got no more like five packs according to Dries <laughs> Mertens. But you know like this is I I I guess Sam like I'm sorry to just kind of like cut you out for a second, but I'm just gonna go in because this is this is
1: all you man. I don't know too is, much about him. I want to hear what you have to say, man.
0: It's just you
1: know I I, I guess I'll start with what do we know
0: about him. Um, he is a fairly unknown commodity in, in, in terms of the European football world, just because he does play for a club that's not necessarily small, but a club that has been struggling lately in Athletic Bilbao. So he is a ball-playing goalkeeper, um, 23 years old, six two, so he's not as tall as Thibaut Courtois, um, and apparently uh, that's just about the same height as Jordan Pickford, if I'm not mistaken, who was apparently too short um, to be a good goalkeeper, but... You know, what do Chelsea fans know? Apparently we know everything. Um, But yeah, I mean, Kepa's a goalkeeper. He's capable of passing out of the back. He's very calm on the ball. He specializes in a long ball. Um, I think I was reading something today that said he was in the 60th percentile for pass completion, um, which is very high for a goalkeeper. Um, And, you know, in terms of his shot-stopping ability, he is an athletic goalie. Um, He he does spring out like a bat out of hell when he he does those flying... uh, when he does like those flying kick saves or flying leg saves. Um but you know he it's gonna be interesting to see what what type of quality he'll bring the squad because we do know that he's a good goalkeeper. He was a third string uh third choice goalkeeper in a Spanish national team uh for going into the World Cup. Um, you know, he, he's he, people do think highly of him and that's a good thing. And if history shows anything, it says that highly rated Spanish goalkeepers usually Live up to their potential, um, which is good for Chelsea. But the thing that just drives me up the wall is this transfer fee. So last summer, Real Madrid offered seventeen and a half million for him. Um, not too sure what happened, uh, but the deal didn't go through for whatever reason. And that's that was Real Madrid's evaluation of him. They did they stopped pursuing him after that because apparently the fee was getting too high. Um, but seventeen and a half million, some. And now to all jump, we're really to jump doing
1: to is 71. switching. 1. 6. Is, we're just switching the first two numbers oh, around, I'm really. Switching the like. seventeen to a seven one. It's really fucking ridiculous, and
0: and I don't blame Bill Bow. Bill Bow, like like I I bet you all of the directors at Bill Bao right now are Popping in the process champagne. of getting absolutely shit faced <laughs> because they have seventy one point six million to spend in the next year. <laughs> That's more money than that club ever got. Ever in a single <laughs> season, like, like I, I can't. They've probably never seen that type of money come in in one
1: season. Yeah. So the, you know, it's, it's,
0: it's just it, it's crazy I mean, yeah, to me. The, but
1: try to fact check us if anyone can. Uh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. Wrong, but yeah. See, I, I'm uh, very curious to see what Bill
0: Bow's highest transfer out was. As we're going to continue to go
1: under the assumption that this is more than any any amount of money they've made in a single season.
0: I mean we're, we're, we are recording this at, at 10.42 on a Tuesday night, um, the Tuesday before the window closes. So some watch. We're going to wake up tomorrow morning. It's going to be like midday on Wednesday in England, and his deal is going to fall through.
1: I wouldn't be well, – <laughs> well, well, what happened with Who cares? We yeah. have Rob
0: Green. D- didn't the fax machine break when De Gea went to, wanted to go to Real Madrid or some <laughs> shit like that? But anyways, <laughs> I'm going back to Kepa really quick because this transfer fee is ridiculous, and Chelsea Football Club – made a complete and total mess of the Courtois situation and I'm slowly going to transfer into Courtois because he did fail to report the training for two days big surprise right like like, I'm sure none of us saw that coming I'm pretty sure that's the way he got out of his uh I'm pretty sure that's the way he got out at Ghent when he was there but you know the the fee and the details for the Real Madrid transfer haven't been leaked but it's somewhere between the 40 and 50 million mark And I do have hard feelings, towards Courtois, because he's been wanting to go for the last two years and is always talking about Madrid any chance he gets. And he is prone to getting nutmegged twice in a Champions League knockout game. (laughs) But, you know, basically, if he isn't blue, he could fuck off. And he's not blue, so I'm glad he's fucking off. But it's too late. It is way too late. Real knows we're desperate to sell. We're probably going to get a shit price for him. And on top of that, we still haven't identified a replacement. And the fact that we're just getting our replacement right now for seventy one point six million, after he was valued by Real Fucking Madrid at seventeen and a half million a year ago, oh is God. beyond me. That it's is just absolute footballing management blasphemy.
1: Bad, bad business, Zach. That is so like, bad business.
0: If Chelsea, I mean, here's just a thought: if Chelsea really is ran as a as a, a as a football club, if Chelsea is ran as a business, yeah as a business, which they are. I that's mean, a it, big F. It's not, that, that's not a debate. There is no reason why Roman should have whoever, is still re- whoever was responsible for getting rid of Courtois. There's no reason why Roman shouldn't fire their ass. I mean, it, it, tell me the truth. That is inexplicable. You lost the company money. Major <laughs> money. Not only in Courtois' transfer fee, but you also lost the money because you're going to turn around and you're not going to keep any of Courtois' transfer fee. You're just going to turn it back around, write a check, and add 30 million or 40 million on top of his transfer fee. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous bullshit. Um, and, and, and you know, I, I, I'm not shitting on Keppa for coming because I I do rate him. I do think he's going to be quality, and I think he's a better option than Jack Butland, a bit out of right field, but a better option than Jack Butland. But for the price. Ugh, it's hard to justify that, man. I mean, you can't really classify us going after Keppa as anything other than a panic buy.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, panic buy. It, if if you had to if you had to put it into a dictionary, panic buy. Like, this is just the number one case study. Um, this is the number is just it's it's a jarring. It's it's crazy. Uh, hopefully, from a football standpoint, it works out. Um, and he becomes a great you know replacement for Courtois either just as good or, you know, even better, which is would be amazing of course. But from a business perspective, it's it's just I think it's really funny how this all worked out. You know, obviously it's not any of my money that's being wasted. It's uh our namesake, Roman Abramovich, who's uh burning money. But that our I think, namesake, I like that. Yeah, it's 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 uh it was a comical, comical move. Just a situation that just happened. Um but yeah we got we got boned, hardcore.
0: Yeah, we did get boned. Um, I want to talk about Kovacic a little bit. So, um, you know, reports are suggesting that Mateo Kovacic will be loaned out to Chelsea, uh, for a season-long loan after he pulled a Courtois and didn't show up to training for two days in a row. So, you know, what we we don't really know too many details about the deal. Um, reports have been suggesting that there might be a buyout clause in there somewhere. For me personally, I don't believe this until I see Kovacic in a blue jersey first of all. But I Always. also don't think Chelsea would ever go after a loan deal without the option to buy. And Chelsea is Chelsea usually does drive a hard bargain, but we're at the end of the window. So if there is an option to buy, Real's probably going to put some astronomical price tag on it, somewhere in the 100 million range. Um and you know, we're going to be stuck with either not taking Kovacic on loan at all because that transfer fee will be too high at the end of the season, or um taking Kovacic on loan without the option to buy him. And it's just both of those options I'm not really too ecstatic about. If we're gonna wind up purchasing him next season, why not cash in on guys like Drinkwater? Um, why not cash in on guys like uh, you know, who who are fringe players like um possibly the the, the Pedros of the group, um, mm-hmm. the the Girouds, those type of players, where you could kind of cash out and get ten to fifteen million here or there, um, and turn it around, and then all of a sudden you're cutting, you know, um, Kovacic's transfer fee down by thirty million. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know why we didn't go after something like that. Why not throw Kepa money at fucking Kovacic months ago? But you know, it's just. I don't know what to think anymore, Sam. I think I'm going clinically insane like all other Chelsea fans are and 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 I've gotten to the point where I don't sit by my phone and just look at transfer rumors all day. Instead, I just wait until I see him in a fucking blue jersey or until a reputable source like Matt Law um, you know, legitimizes, mm-hmm. you know, whatever rumors going around. So, would I be happy to see Kovacic at Chelsea? Fuck yeah, I would. I think he's excellent. I think Compared to any of the other options we have that would play his position as at number ten, I think he would be better than any of them. I think he's ready-made. I think he'll, I think he'll come in and and, and he'll light up the Premier League. But I also think that uh, a club like City might come along tomorrow and uh, just put some ridiculous bit because don't forget they did lose out on their top two uh, transfer targets for center midfield and that that was their big. That was the. That was the hole in their squad last year. Was who was going to play that center midfield position. So they lost out on Fred. They lost out on Jorginho. Are they going to let Chelsea swoop in and 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 possibly take another one of their targets? You know,
1: who knows. Zach, uh, I think you need to prepare your your resume. Um, I, I'm, I'm. If anyone here has Roman Abramovich's personal email, um, we want to send it over to him. Uh, Zach is a very, very good candidate for uh any any position on the board. I, I think you just like, the way you explained it is like um it it sounds so common sense, but you know obviously there's no one in there who's thinking the way you are right now. Um, because there's and, no
0: footballing people in there, and I'm not trying to blow. I'm not. I'm not trying to you know glorify you know my analyzing because I, I'm I'm a fucking you know. I am just a kid from LA like like what do I know and that's the part that drives me crazy is mm-hmm. how come I could figure this shit out but yeah. none of the other people there can hey, But you it's not than just only a guy me. from LA come on come there, on there, there's a lot of there's a lot of listeners that we interact with that think the same exact way we do
1: yeah it's you not know? it's it's not an unpopular opinion what you're saying it's exactly. I think it's probably the majority of fans would would believe that any 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 knowledgeable football fan would know that um but Kovacic I think bringing him in I mean, anytime, if, if if you can think about everything going right for the development of Kovacic and Golo Conte and, um, and Jorginho and, you know, them being so young and them, you know, if we, if we get them on and they develop into these world-class players, that's going to be an amazing midfield to work with moving forward. But, you know, this is, this is best case scenario, everything going right. Um, but you know, it's just. I guess if if Roman is okay opening up his bank account and, you know, making a lot of bad deals that end up working out, good for him, you know. But it's his it's his money, not mine. Would you be surprised if we if we did, you know, pull off another Zapata
0: esque signing? Oh, like uh, right at the the winter, right at the deadline, like 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 we'll go after, you know, Just Aaron Quest like Quas- er, 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 like an Aaron Cresswell. For cover at left back for like I mean, forty million. I don't
1: think we need even I don't think this is the kind of season that we need to even even do that, you know. Like I think we're looking at, you know, our our depth being uh an issue in a lot of players' development. Um, so I don't see the reason why we'd want to buy and purchase more players, especially when uh, we don't really have too many too high of an ambition this season. I think a top four finish is, you know, the best you can hope for, but Anything yeah. beyond that is is just is is that's, unrealistic.
0: That's a good point. Like I, I, I want to touch on it on later pods. Just, just the fact that, yeah, our depth isn't in, it, our depth doesn't refer to our lack in manpower whatsoever. Yeah, if you feel like we're depth. We have we're a
1: very deep team.
0: Like, like, like we have at least three players for every position. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. Like, it's like, it's a
1: good if, problem to have.
0: Yeah, it is a good problem to have, and hopefully, Sari can uh, can unlock you know the, the 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 potential in a lot of these players moving forward. So.
1: Yeah, and then quickly we can just mention Um uh, Apparently, they're in advanced talks with Milan um, for a season-long loan with an option to buy. Uh, please God, let this be true. I uh, kind of I just want to rid myself of Baka. Baka not nice. Um, I I think Baka not nice is actually a skeptic song. Is a it? song by Skeptic called Baca Not Nice. I gotta I, I gotta know, look maybe, it up and double maybe, check.
0: Maybe maybe our UK uh our UK fans could help us out with that one Shut because down. we
1: do we do
0: listen we, hey we we listen to some grime right but like it's not like our thing
1: per se. So mm. you know oh but but there is uh there is a Canadian rapper signed to Drake's label named Baca not nice so he exists
0: we're we're just assuming that our that our uh, audience is hip enough to catch on to that. I mean
1: everyone in the world knows who Drake is.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: Um look, why not why don't we get into our Twitter Twitter
0: question? Yeah, so at, I mean I already talked about this a little bit, but Sam, I want you to answer it. So uh at S S Ogman or I think mm-hmm. it's at S Sogman, if I'm not <laughs> mistaken. Um he he's always tweeting at us, really cool dude, but uh he just uh, asked us, "Why is Tebow such a dick?" <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I think he's got a lot of leverage, and he just he has a special soft spot in his heart for Madrid. Um, and I, I don't know. It it it. He's taking advantage of the situation. There's so many. You know, you can save face, but obviously he doesn't care about the club. He doesn't care about what kind of legacy he's leaving behind is is we were just a stop along his his career path um he I think I think the end
0: game was always to go to a club like Real Madrid wasn't yeah, it Yeah
1: I mean I don't know I mean I think Chelsea when we when we brought him back from Atletico we were we were in position to you know make a couple good moves and be you know com- remain elite and you know one of the top clubs in not just England but in the in the world but you know obviously we made a lot of bad decisions since then and you know who knows what could have happened if uh, you know we didn't make some of the decisions that we made, um, but you know Thibaut Courtois going back to Real Madrid and going back to Madrid, that was something we saw a long time ago. He's taken advantage of his situation and he just doesn't care about his legacy, so he's a dick.
0: Yeah, he is a dick. Uh, that that that's a good question. And now, I mean, we have another one from at Chelsea Eric. Shout out to Chelsea Eric. First Twitter question of the season, baby. The first of many. I know yeah, there
1: know, will be plenty this more. Guy,
0: this guy is easily, I don't want to say persistent because that has like a negative connotation, but he is probably our most frequent subtweeter. Um, he's, he's always interacting with us and he's great. So shout out Chelsea Eric. Make sure you follow him. He always does pretty good input too. So um, what changes would you make to today's squad? And obviously today's squad, he was he was not referring to the Leon match. He was actually referring to the Community Shield lineup. So I mean, I, I guess I'm going to go for this one song because I, I do have – um, I do have some feelings on it and, and going into the Huddersfield match, you know, I'm just going to kind of give my predicted lineup for that match and who I think should be out there. So, um, hopefully we have Kepa signed up. Um, so obviously Kepa and goal, I'd have Dave at right back. Um, I'd still have Alonzo playing left back, but I actually have Rudy and Christensen starting. I just don't think David Luiz and Rudiger have good, um, chemistry together and maybe it'll take time to develop. But I just think you need someone a little bit more assured defensively in the back. And I think Christiansen's that guy. I think Rudy is undroppable after his performances last season. So, uh, yeah, that, that, I mean, that that would be my backline. I have a midfield three of Jorginho, Conte, and Barkley. Yes, I left Loftus' cheek out even though I'm his biggest fan. I just think Barkley looks a little bit sharper so far in the preseason. And, uh, you know, it does, does not seem realistic for Sarri to go after an RLC-type player um, in the first game of the season. Considering that you know he just got back from vacation, and he's not completely acclimated to the system yet. Um, and I, you know, I in terms of wingers, gotta have Hazard on one wing. He's I don't even need to explain that mm-hmm. one. Um, but I actually have Callum hudson Adoy starting on the other one. Um, mainly because first game of the season, you got a point to prove. You're 17 years old. That psychological pressure and that psychological energy could definitely translate on the field. And I think it'll show like the true mark of of uh of what type of player Callum Hudson odoi is because he does not look like the type of player that cracks under pressure and it looks like he's ready for the big moment, and I think what bigger moment than start the season, especially after a positive preseason. Um and then I go with Murata up top. You know, we haven't really seen much of anyone else. Our only re- other real option was Tammy Abraham. Um but I would still go with Murata. I think if he can net a goal against Huddersfield, um or or even get an assist. Um, that'll give him some confidence moving into the rest of the season. I think if Murata hits the ground running this season, um, you know he he's gonna blossom and fulfill his potential. But I think if he does struggle up until about December January time, he might be you know looking at possible moves out of the club or uh, uh maybe even Michi Batshuayi stepping into that role, which I think will happen eventually. But right now it's Murata for me. So,
1: you know, we talked about earlier about Michi Batshuayi. Having a possible breakout season this year, I think it's just, it's been stuck in my head. I think that I'm 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 hoping for it more than I'm hoping for him to have a great season more than any other player on our team.
0: Damn, I was about to hustle you. I was about to make a bet with
1: you right when we signed out about <laughs> me and Chief blowing up. I would have taken it. <laughs> I just lost some money. Good. Uh, but I think that uh, I think eventually we could see him becoming part of our our best front three, that would be such an awesome thing to happen. But I think, I mean, if we're talking about just the first match of the season. Um, I think that we could see, I think our, be- our best back line, um, is some sort of combination of Christensen or Gary Cahill with, um, uh, either Rudiger or David Luiz. I mean, I don't know too much about David Luiz throughout the season. Um, but I do think he will start this first match. Um, maybe alongside um Christensen. I I don't know if if this David Luis and
0: uh I think he'll go with Rudiger. I don't I, know I, about I, the
1: David Lewis and David Luis and Rudiger uh combo, but I do think that I you know, I I, I actually I, I might side towards um the Rudiger and Christensen combo, but I think that if between Luis and uh and Cahill He's gonna he, he would play Luis over him only because just Cahill returned yesterday and he'd want to rush him in for the first match and you know at least Luis has been playing in a couple uh, of these friendly matches so he's ready. But you left I, out
0: uh you left
1: out Ampadu. Oh, did I see is that it, yeah? Would that would that be crazy to you? I mean, start, best starting I, I, I eleven. Did. I don't I don't know if this season he, I can see him becoming part of our best starting eleven. But I think that his potential, because he's still he's going to be eighteen next month. Yeah. Um. But I don't see it this season. But I just, I but I do see a lot of potential in him. Yeah. But that is that that's an interesting, interesting question. I think that's uh. I think that's all we got, Zach. What do you think?
0: I think uh, I think it's all we got. Do you think Hopefully anyone it... else
1: can handle anything more? I don't think so. The listeners are all listening My brain out. is kind of fried. I mean, it is eleven
0: o'clock on tuesday night so sorry for the late pod by the way um we're human what else can we say that's you know just basically the just name
1: shout pod. out the twitter shout out
0: yeah um you know uh, make sure you add us on twitter at romans empire pod you could also email us uh, romans empire pod at gmail.com let us know what you guys think uh we did have a lot of listeners last week like we said earlier extremely grateful for that um so you know keep interacting with us keep asking us questions keep bothering us um, I know there's a couple people that we interact with on Twitter that we actually kind of go back and forth and, and we do differ in opinions, but just know that it's not arguing. It's 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 banter. You know, we're talking about the game and, and you know, we like to hear your opinions just as much as we like to say ours. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just don't be afraid Maybe to interact. Maybe not as much, actually. Not Maybe as much, not as much but... but who knows. But uh, anyways, Sam, we play Huddersfield really quick. Prediction.
1: Okay, I'm going to say uh, two nil Chelsea. Two nil Chelsea. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm I'm going
0: to go two nil Chelsea as well. Let's go. I think. Uh, I think. I think Hazard nets a double, and and you know, I th- I think uh, the Hazard Chelsea Union gets married again. So, you love know, that. That'll be a that'll be a good thing. So, anyways, until next week, we'll see you after we beat Huddersfield two nil and uh, keep the blue flag flying high, or should I say, Keppa the blue flag flying high.